0: This episode is brought to you by our affiliate Gemini. Gemini is a well-respected cryptocurrency exchange started by Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss. If you're interested in purchasing Bitcoin, Ethereum, or other altcoins, please check out their website at gemini.sjv.io backslash Moontower to learn all about it. Thank you. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Moon Tower Business Podcast. Today, we're speaking to Nayeli Gallegos, who is the president of Red Carpet Productions. Nayeli, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: I'm thanks, for to here. Be here. Yeah, thanks, thanks for being here. Yeah, uh, thanks for being here. We also have Ben Murray, uh, the co host, is, is here. And uh, glad to have you. And we are going to jump right into it. And Nayeli, I'll ask you to start out by kind of just talking about your your background and professional experiences before you started uh, Red Carpet Productions, please.
1: Good. Well, I'm originally from Mexico. I um, came to the United States in 2002. I went to UT Austin. I graduated and um, I did my internship at the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and So I stayed there. They actually helped me get my work visa, and I worked for the Hispanic Chamber for eight years, for the first eight years of my career. I was a director of economic development there, and um, it was a really fun time working at the Hispanic Chamber. Then after that, I went to work for a business incubator, a small business incubator called EGBI, Economic Growth Business Incubator, which was actually it originated from the Hispanic Chamber so i my entire career i developed it around helping small businesses and developing programs for entrepreneurs and and small business development so while i was at egbi i got my masters in entrepreneurship first i thought well if i'm working on this i want to be able to become a consultant and you know be able to help other small businesses uh, and be better, better prepared for that. But while I was going through it, I was like, well, I may as well just start my own thing. And my husband had been working in the liquor industry for about 10 years. By then from um, distributors to importers to brand direct, brands directly. So we saw the uh, the need for agencies that would provide services specific to emerging brands that are trying to get their products into the market and um, that need various services. So we started looking at what they were looking, what they were needing, and we developed uh, red carpet productions in 2013. So we've been in business for seven years now, and we are a brand management agency. We do events, we do promotions, brand ambassador services for emerging brands and for well-established brands as well.
0: Very nice. And so just to step back again a little bit, um, you, you worked at the Hispanic chamber of commerce here in Austin and, uh, at that business accelerator, EGBI. Can you talk about some of the experiences or some of the, uh, stories you heard from, from uh, businesses that were part of the chamber and part of the accelerator and uh, challenges they were dealing with and things you kind of took away from your experience there that, that were like kind of lessons learned in starting your business?
1: So one of the things that I learned by working at the Hispanic Chamber and EGBI, first of all, I was always inspired by the spirit, like the strong spirit of the Hispanic community. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm original from Mexico, and you see it everywhere. Like people are entrepreneurs, and they're very uh, clever in how they do things. And when I came here, I saw the same thing, you know, the, the Hispanic that wants to create a better living for their families, for themselves. Um, it takes a lot for immigrants to leave to leave their country. And we come here looking for a better opportunity for our families, for our lives. So I, I was first very impressed by, by, that, by that spirit, you know, the, the um, Las Ganas, you know, the things that, you know, that you have to, to be a, uh, uh, to have a better living in, in, the, in this country. And then with that, I saw all of the obstacles that you face just by um, being Hispanic. You know, there's a, a big gap between the opportunities that that small businesses get. And I think that the job that this, the Hispanic chamber and the incubator that I work with what they do in the community is very important because they're trying to close the gap of opportunities between this, the Hispanic businesses and the mainstream businesses. So uh, through technical support, through workshops, through the seminars that they offer, um, the businesses that do take advantage of those services, they really reap the benefits of participating and um, attending those classes. So that's something that I learned. So now as a business owner, I try to stay active with, I'm still very active with the incubator and with the chamber. Um, so I try to participate in workshops when I see that there's a topic that could benefit my business. Um, I'm not afraid to ask questions. So I reach out to, to the advisors, the business advisors that I used to work with uh, anytime I have um, a question or a need for my business. They were very instrumental during the pandemic And guiding me through the resources that are available for small businesses and Hispanic businesses um, right now. So that's something that that I learned, you know, a lot of the businesses that are struggling are struggling because they're not asking for help. There's a lot of resources um, available to them. And so I'm trying to take advantage of those resources in a good way, you know, to help um, my business on a daily basis.
2: So, uh, EGBI, was that always uh, kind of directed at helping Hispanic businesses, or when you started there, you kind of helped develop that, or how how did that work?
1: When I was at the Hispanic Chamber, uh, EGBI started as, uh, it was a foundation um, more focused on technology. They okay. were trying to, to close the technology gap, and then towards the end of my years at the chamber, they became their own entity and became a business incubator. With, um, they do take any clients of of any ethnicity, um, but they do have a program in Spanish, for example. And uh, naturally the majority of the businesses that attend those classes and those services are Hispanic and Latinos.
0: Awesome, that's great. Mm -hmm. So you started, uh, red Carpet Productions in in twenty thirteen. Can you talk about the experience of of launching your own business? That, that kind of talk a little bit about the the things that you had to deal with. Um, you know the expenses that you had, employees, etc. Because uh, a lot of people don't know what's involved in actually starting a business and what kind of things they have to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate enough that when we started the business, we were the the way we operate. We don't. We didn't need a lot of initial investment. We can um, do a lot of the things from home. I actually have a virtual office at EGBI because they offer that service as well. So if I need to meet with a client, I have a space where I can meet with. But my main office is here at my house. Um, a lot of the work that, that we do is on the field, so we can operate from anywhere and have control of what people are doing from anywhere. So that that really helped. But um, Obviously some of the expenses that you have to take into account when you start your businesses, if you, if you're starting and you want to create an LLC, I recommend, you know, getting a lawyer, especially if you're having a, if you're doing it with a partner, a business partner, you know, it's important to get uh, the legal advice when you're getting started before you start making money, because that's when you have to lay down everything that is going to be important to you and to your partner Whenever the money starts to come in, so that you you can avoid um, misunderstandings or um, having you know problems about you know whose responsibilities are what and what money um, should be given to you versus your partner blah blah blah. So I think um, setting aside money for legal advice and your LLC fees is important. Um, you should also be aware that. You're going to need some marketing uh, dollars for when you're getting started from creating your logo, your business cards and you're doing your website um, so um, a lot of people start with a uh, Facebook page, but it's important to to have a, a website as well because it's your nowadays it's your like your your business card
0: right at the same mm-hmm. time so
1: it's uh, important to set to, to have some uh, budget for. For marketing and, and know exactly what you have to spend and and, and uh, be prepared with that. And also take into consideration that most businesses are not profitable the first year. So if you are thinking about starting a business and have a job, I always recommend to keep your job at the beginning while things get started, while you start getting your first clients uh, so that you're not rushing through your business because you need to eat, you know. So if there's an opportunity for you or your spouse to keep the, the income coming while you're developing your business, that's great. And if not, if that's not a possibility, then don't get started until you have a base of um, savings that can support you during the first few months in case that taking off takes a little longer than you expected.
2: And that, that kind of leads me into my question that I was thinking about a second ago. You know, looking at your resume, your CV on LinkedIn, um, I noticed that you kind of held some positions at the same time when, it, when you started, you know, the red carpet productions. So I wanted to ask, uh, at what time or when did you start and are you doing uh, red carpet productions full time now? And how long did it take you to kind of really realize this is what we need to get into? Let's jump in, you know, in the deep end and just start going.
1: Yeah, so I actually started the business uh, in partnership with, it was my husband and my brother-in-law. Okay. So I, at the beginning, I, they were doing, because my husband was the one with the most experience in the industry mm-hmm. and my brother-in-law, he, I mean, the liquor industry is a male dominated industry. So it was just easier for them to get started and be the face of the company and develop the, the business while um, I was taking care of all of the back office. Stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was doing all of the marketing, all of the administrative and legal stuff and making sure that people were getting paid and that people are paying us, you know, all of that stuff. I was like the backbone of, of the business and they were the face of the company. And uh, I was able to do that for, so I was doing that part-time while I was working full-time with AGBI. Mm-hmm. And then uh, within a year and a half, I transitioned full-time with red carpet and I was doing part-time EGBI for about another year and then it got to the point where I was just like too busy with red carpet productions yeah. and I talked to EGBI and I said I, I can't do this anymore and they were very obviously they were very supportive because they that's what they do they support mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and small businesses so it was a very easy transition for me it was very sad to to leave them because I had been working with them for five years. Um, they helped me get my green card. So I'm very grateful to both the Hispanic Chamber and EGBI for helping me, you know, get my immigration status um, where it is today. I came to the U.S. With a, with a student visa. So I've been on visas for almost 18 years. Oh, wow. And I'm on my way to getting my citizenship already awesome. applied and everything, so. Great. It's, um, it's it's been a great journey
0: that's That's awesome where where in mexico are you
1: from i'm from chihuahua Chihuahua, Chihuahua.
0: awesome very cool very cool so um so your company um basically you know helps helps uh companies in the liquor industry and also other companies uh get exposure and, and 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 does like promotion type work for them um can you talk about the you know, you're based here in Austin, but, but are, your, are your clients, uh, are they in this general area or are they kind of spread out throughout the country? What kind of geographic areas do you service uh, through red carpet productions?
1: So we cover all of the state of Texas and all of the state of Tennessee. We have teams in other states, um, like Chicago, well, we've done work in Chicago and California and Florida. But those have been more on an event basis, like whenever they have whenever we have brands, clients that wanna participate in big music events, we have teams that work for us on on those events, but it's not that we have like we have activity on a daily basis in those other states. But Tennessee is one of the it's our second largest market right now.
0: Gotcha. And how about, uh, can you talk about the the types of services that you provide to your clients?
1: Sure. So we offer the brand ambassador services um, for tastings and promotions and bartenders. So it's like, we're like a staffing agency for brands. So if you go to a liquor store, you may find people that are offering you uh, to taste the, a new tequila brand or a a new vodka brand or an established, a well-known brand. Uh, a lot of those people work for agencies like, like red carpet productions. So we, we train them, we recruit them, we train them, we make sure they have their TBC in place. We have the insurance to cover any liability that, you know, may happen at events like that. So that's one side of the business. And then we also have uh brand management services where we work with emerging brands that need um, like a local sales team and may not have the funds to hire their own people yet. So we put together uh, people that are representing brands that don't compete and they promote the brands as if they were working directly with, with, the, with the company, with the brand.
0: So like in that particular case, um, a company that doesn't have like a sales force and you help them uh, with their brand, uh, kind of like an outsourced uh, type service, what kind of uh, revenue, generally revenue structure do you work out with that, with that company?
1: We normally it's, um, it's a stipend plus commission for the salesperson
0: gotcha gotcha and how about for the for like the events that you do for for a liquor For
1: events it's an hourly rate they pay by the hour per person
0: And can you talk a little bit more about the types of events i I know you mentioned like and i've seen that before you walk into like twin liquors or or something like that and you see a a particular uh vodka or something or tequila that has some some uh, folks there that are explaining to you a little bit about the the alcohol and, and and giving you free tastings and And telling you about the company. Um, What other types of events uh, do you help your clients with uh, and and that type of service?
1: So, well, we do that at liquor stores and then we do that at bars as well, bars and restaurants. You've seen on, I mean, at Mexican restaurants, they do that a lot with tequila brands. They are, you know, sharing margarita, the margarita that is on special that month. It's probably a brand ambassador that is explaining about the the new tequila and, uh, and it's, you know, the same kind of services. And then uh, we also offer um, just events. We work some of the South by Southwest events, for example. So there's a lot of brands that put a lot of marketing dollars into events when they're expecting a big crowd and um, they need brand ambassadors to give promotional items to the people at the event or be on the street and talk about their brands and, and things like that. So um, for big events like that, we normally work with alcoholic and non-alcoholic brands as well.
2: And I was gonna ask too, um, cause it, your portfolio on your website is pretty impressive. And obviously you've got some pretty nice uh, alcoholic beverages on there, but I kinda wonder how some of the other uh, business correlates Uh, businesses correlate with your business and and, uh, if it's just getting the sales team, like you said, or because, you know, you've got like a moving and storage company on here. um, You had a flower company on here, you know, appraisers company. So what other, are there other uh, types of uh, businesses or or services that you offer those companies? Or is that more sales and and advertisement kind of thing for them?
1: No. And I'm glad you, you asked that question. So the way we set up the company is first of all, thinking of the liquor industry, in all honesty, and we thought, okay, we want to be a one-stop shop for a new brand that wants to start a business in the U.S. or that wants to, you know, come to the U.S. So what do they need? Well, they're going to need to make sure they have a website in English. They're going to need to make sure they have their marketing material in in English. And um, so they're going to need marketing services. They're going to probably need um, uh, photographers and you know, a wide range of of services that anybody coming to the US with a new product will need. So we um, have been able to work with or bring resources together for those clients. And while I was working at EGBI, a lot of the clients that were coming to the program needed logos and they needed websites and things like that. So, while I was developing, while we were developing the the business on the liquor industry side, we started offering those services to just any kind of business. So, that's how I got those clients and those are basically just for the marketing side. Awesome. So, they do logos, we do their websites and things like that.
2: Sound like it worked in your favor, favor staying at EGBI for a little while to kind of help uh, get your name out there and kind of see what kind of clients are coming out that you you might be able to help out too with uh, the red carpet uh, company. Yeah.
1: And you know, one of the the cool things about EGBI is they encourage that business to business um, a lot. So they're constantly referring clients to each other because that's a great way to get their businesses to get, you know, to become successful. Mm -hmm. So for sure it really helped me be just stay there and have my office there and and getting to know the businesses Cause they, I was already doing marketing for EGBI so they knew me with the marketing background so when I started my business they already trusted me
0: awesome. and
1: um and that's how how it happened. That's
0: happens. great yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nayeli can you talk about kind of how you uh, I mean I know at the beginning of the conversation you said uh, you know w- w- when you start a business you have to set aside marketing dollars in terms of uh, getting yourself more exposure and, and getting new clients in your door, uh, can you talk about what, what kind of uh, advertising you do or social media campaigns you do to, to generate new business?
1: We, well, in my case, um, we've used social media more for our clients than for my business because I don't necessarily sell my services to consumers. It's my business is a business to business operation. So a lot of the clients that come to us are a lot of them is word of mouth. It's for me is attending trade shows that are related to the liquor industry so that I, that I can go and meet the people behind the brands. And that's been, you know, so you, you have, we set aside money for travel and participation in conferences where we can meet brands and brand owners that are looking to come to texas for example or it's more more like like that the type of marketing that i need to do to capture new clients
0: gotcha um can you uh tell us kind of how how COVID 19 has affected your business uh, it sounds like you know some of the part of your business was attending events uh such as south by southwest and and uh and, and different things like that. And so has that slowed things down? Um, have you found different ways to, to kind of make up for those those
1: issues? Well, COVID was terrible for us in all honesty, especially at the beginning. So we had a great year last year um, and 2020 was gonna be even better than last, last year. We had great momentum. March was going to be fantastic, the best March since we started the company. And by mid-March, everything that we had been working on for months was canceled for every single brand that we had been working on. We had a, a few new brands that were coming for South by Southwest. We had a few brands that were starting a big campaign in March going through the summer And then we had our regular clients that do start a lot of business activity in March because normally this is a seasonal uh, industry. So October, November, December is super busy. And then January, February is like pretty slow and then starts to pick up in March. So we were like getting started and then everything shut down. So we work with liquor um, stores and liquor stores said no tastings. We work uh, with bars and restaurants, and they shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were hit pretty hard for the first couple months. And we started uh, pivoting into more social media brand ambassador services. So we worked with a couple brands that they needed to still do marketing, and, and we did that. We offered brand ambassador services through um, brand ambassadors that are pretty active on social media and have a good following. So we hired them and they, they were going to the stores, they were picking up bottles and helping us talk about the brand on their sides and doing some fun stuff with their followers. And that's how it pivoted for a couple months. And then we started doing, once the, some of the stores uh, started to allow dry tastings, we started doing that. And a dry tasting is you go to the store and there's the brand ambassador talking to you about the brand and educating you, but you cannot try the product. So it's a little challenging to sell product when the other person is not able to try it first, especially if it's a new brand. But we were doing the best we could to, I mean, the the new brands needed to do whatever they could to get out there. Something very interesting happened during the pandemic. So the service industry was shut down, but the liquor industry, I mean, the the liquor stores were selling like crazy. So their sales skyrocketed because everybody's drinking from home, (laughs) right? So they're buying from the liquor stores. But so the big brands, the national brands, the well-known brands were benefiting a lot or benefited a lot from the pandemic because people normally buy what they already know. So the emerging brands, which are the ones that we work with a lot, didn't have that opportunity because they depend a lot on on our services, on the tastings, for example. So it's been a very interesting thing to see how, you know, the industry has been um, moving during the pandemic. And uh, right now we, we see that everything is recovering. The stores are allowing tastings again. Brands are feeling com- more comfortable um, doing tastings. We, I noticed that the big brands that they didn't want to be the first ones to be out on, at the stores doing tastings because of the liability. So they, they didn't want to be you know, the very first ones that did a tasting and then something goes wrong and they're going to be blaming that brand that didn't care about the community they care more about making money, you know. So it's it's been um we've been talking to our clients and there's some that have said we're gonna wait until 2021 there's some that are that we're waiting for the the rate uh for example here in Travis to be below five percent to be able to say okay we're gonna do we're doing tastings now. So we're looking forward to O and D, October, November, December and hopefully hoping that things start to pick up more and more. Um, I personally was able to get some help from the government. I applied for the PPP loan and I've applied for a local grant from the city of Austin and I got it. So I was very fortunate to do that because that helped me during those months where we had zero activity.
0: That's great that you got the, the, the loan and the grant. What, can you talk about the timing on that? Was, that? was it a while to kind of go through that process or was it relatively quickly that kind of, it kind of went through and, and you received the funds?
1: I first tried it with my bank and um, I'm not going to say names, but my, my bank is one of the big banks and I was not able to get a hold of anybody. Like I tried my, my banker who's normally really quick to, to reach out to me or to respond when I need something. And, but during the first couple, first few weeks, I was getting zero response so one of my clients referred me to their bank because they got the the loan very very quickly and this was a smaller bank and not in austin and uh, once i talked to to them i got it within a couple of days
0: that's great Mm -hmm. that's amazing that's that's good news there um one thing i wanted to talk about i mean we uh ben mentioned uh you know some of the some of the big name clients you have uh, uh you have still Austin, uh, Tito's Vodka, Jägermeister. Um, can you talk about your experience in in uh, obtaining those clients? Uh, is it was it something that you that you just approached them, kind of just uh, with like a cold email, or did you have some uh, prior? Did your team have prior kind of business relationships with uh, with those brands, and and how was it in terms of uh, landing those clients for your business?
1: So the very first big client that we got was Tito's and it came from a business slash personal relationship that my husband had with one of the, the directors of Tito's and um, they had worked together because like I said, my husband had several years of experience in the industry and they, they had known each other and worked together and, so they already had that relationship. So when we started the, the business, a few months into it, we went and talked to them and asked for an opportunity. And uh, we started with one market and um, they said, okay, we're going to give you the Valley. And we started with a team in the Valley. And then they were like, okay, we're going to give you El Paso. So we started with like the, the city is like far away from Austin. And little by little, we convince them that that we were a good agency that obviously such a big brand, especially at the beginning, was the top priority for us, and we're very grateful to them because they gave us that opportunity at such a uh, young stage of our company and once we got Titos, it um, gave us credibility with other clients so once we we showed that we were able to take care of, of a brand like like them. They do a lot of tastings in O and D, but throughout the year, they do a lot of community engagement, a lot of, of golf tournaments and charity events, and we are their promo team. So that has been that was instrumental in um, in the growth of the company. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So. Once you you're once you get into the industry, then you get to know other brands and you know about other opportunities. When we learned that Still Austin Whiskey was opening a distillery way before they were open to the public, we started pitching our services to them and um, we started working with them before they opened um, the distillery. So at first, they came up with a clear whiskey because the, the – the whiskey was still in, in the aging process. And then we came up, they came up with a gin and then a bourbon whiskey. And just recently in July, they released the, the straight bourbon. So we're, we feel like that's been, um, like our baby as well, because we've been there through the entire process and we're very fortunate that they, um, they see us as part of the, of the team as well. And uh, we have been able to work with them for three years now and and we continue the relationship and it's been, uh, it's been great to work with them. And um, with Jaeger as well, it happened, we met them at, at, at events and we asked for an opportunity. We developed the relationship and it was the same. Like we, they normally give you a small market and then they try, you know, the market with you. And if they, they like the way you work then they give you more markets and and that's how we've been able to to grow into other markets and
2: yeah that's great find. i think um, i think it, it it says something about your company cuz i i think uh, still austin i i love their whiskey joe and i have been there a handful of times and i might I think I just finished off my last bottle of the, that still bourbon um, like last week. So I need to swing by there again and get another one. And same thing with Tito's, you know, that's great stuff. So it, it really shows uh, you know, how well your company does to to bring those companies uh, to fruition and help them kind of advertise and stuff like that. Uh, one thought that I was, I wanted to ask about with um, tastings at, uh at the liquor stores and stuff, you know, you go to some of those big liquor stores and you go there on a Friday or a Saturday and you can definitely walk out of there with a buzz for all the different vendors that are <laughs> up there. So um, I'm not going to lie that I haven't done that a time or two just to start the <laughs> night off. Uh, but I wanted to ask, is there a specific liquor that does better at those tastings than other, or Is it more kind of the demographic and the, the city and the location that, that uh, you kind of bring those to?
1: That is a great question. Um, It's a combination of everything. Um, Some brands, I mean, we've we've experienced great tastings at the same store, same brand ambassador, same brand on a Friday of this week, and then the following Friday, very different results. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, maybe the weather wasn't great or maybe the foot traffic that day wasn't that great. So there's a lot of factors that affect the um, how a brand does during a tasting um also the yeah the demographic some there's some liquor stores that are located in areas where people are able to buy more expensive products versus mm-hmm. other areas where maybe that is not as possible so that mm-hmm. also some brands that are that have a lower price do better at those uh, in those areas mm-hmm. um also, depending on the season of the year, sometimes whiskey sells a lot more than tequila. And then sometimes tequila sells more than whiskey. Same with vodka. So um, it's a combination of very different factors. So it's very important for us that brand ambassadors are well educated on the brand so that at least, you know, if you're not buying the bottle the first time you try it, you at least know about it you understand the history that you know why the product is is good and and then hopefully next time you go to the store you you consider buying it you know for your next party or whatever
2: yeah i think that's huge uh you know it's it's definitely the the personality of the brand investor. I'm not gonna lie; a lot of times they're very attractive, but you know they they also too know their product uh, really well. You know, you've gone there before where they'll just say, "Hey, do you want a shot of whiskey or a shot of tequila?" But you know, when they start getting you into the story of how it was produced and how the company was started up, that's when you start getting more intrigued, and then you definitely remember that the next time you go there to to consider buying that beverage for sure.
0: Nayeli, I was just going to ask, what kind of advice would you give to a young entrepreneur in Austin that's just getting started? They're going to launch their business uh, from lessons that you've learned uh, from being an entrepreneur and, and growing and having success in your company.
1: The main thing is it is very important to have a plan, you know. And setting up a business plan sounds very overwhelming. But nowadays, there's so many ways to create a business plan that is easy to digest and set up. It doesn't have to be 50 pages long, you know, it can be a few pages long, but as long as you know who your target market is, what how you're gonna get to your clients, uh, what products you're gonna sell, the pricing that you're gonna set, it has to make sure that you know you cover your costs, that and it's not just the cost of goods sold, but it also gives you enough to have a living grow your business and hire employees. So, you know, having a plan with projections, financial projections is is very important. A lot of people start businesses as a hobby without a plan and they don't go anywhere because it's like driving a car. If you get into a car and start driving without a map or a destination, then you can just be driving around the neighborhood and not get anywhere. So it's the same when you're starting a business. You have to have a plan to be able to know where you're going to go and how you're going to get there. And then the second thing is do not be afraid to ask for help. Don't do it alone. Like there's a lot of of resources in this city for entrepreneurs. And uh, just like the city of Austin has a lot of resources, I'm sure other cities uh, do the same. So reach out to the local chambers of commerce and ask for help. If they don't offer resources directly, they will send you to, resources that are specific to either your type of business or um, even the ethnicity because, you know, depending on, on your ethnicity, sometimes there's programs specific to, to your community. So those are the main things, you know, don't do it alone and have a plan.
0: That's great advice and and uh, I think you'd hit the nail on the head on, on both points. Uh, we actually had the director of the City of Austin's Economic Development Division, on the podcast. And I was pretty surprised of all the different resources that the city provides to small businesses and entrepreneurs here in the city of Austin. And people, a lot of people are not aware of that and should be and should be able to take advantage of those things that are available to them.
1: Absolutely. Um, One of the the things that I got out of working at the Hispanic Chamber was being exposed to all those programs through... Just my being the director of economic development, so I am very aware of all of the resources that are available, and it's uh, sometimes it's sad that not every single business is taking advantage of them. You see businesses struggling, and uh, you see them alone because they're not asking for help, and all of these resources are dying to get out into the community. So. Yeah, creating awareness of, of these resources is great. So it's, it's great that you guys are doing this podcast to educate people on, on everything that is available to them.
0: Awesome. Thank you. And the million-dollar question, what is your favorite restaurant in Austin?
1: That is a great question. And I have um, a lot of favorite restaurants, to be honest, depending on the occasion. But one that never disappoints ever is Licha's Cantina. Oh yeah, East uh, Sixth. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, in in East Austin. It's one of my. I mean, I love Mexican cuisine, and I feel like it's very authentic. I love their drinks and um, just the the feeling of the restaurant. It's it's a great place.
0: Yeah, it has a very unique atmosphere. I think it's it's a really cool place and great food. Yes. Awesome. Well, Nayeli, uh, thank you so much for for coming on the podcast and uh sharing your story uh in entrepreneurship and uh we loved hearing about red carpet productions we wish you the best of luck um where where can folks find you on the internet uh where where can people find out about your company and businesses that that listen that want to perhaps use your services
1: they can go to our website redcarpet-productions.com or they can uh look for us on instagram or facebook as red carpet productions um we are pretty active on social media and always happy to connect with any anybody that may need our services or just may have a general question or know somebody that wants to be a brand ambassador and wants to connect with with us i'm always looking for good brand ambassadors and i am um, the majority of my brand, brand ambassadors are women naturally but we have we work with women and with men and I am an advocate for women empowerment through my agency. So, always looking to find um, women that believe in themselves, in themselves that are that have the entrepreneurial spirit, that like to connect with people, to sell, and that are not afraid to to start with a, a new agency. So, looking forward to connecting with whoever needs to connect with us.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much, Nayeli. Uh, Appreciate you being on the podcast and uh, take care. Yeah, it was great meeting you.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for joining
2: us for our final episode for Hispanic Heritage Month. We want to give a special thanks to the Greater Austin Hispanic Chamber of Commerce for collaborating with us for this series. Stay tuned for our next episode with TC4 Hospitality when we talk to the founders about the new restaurants they are opening up soon. As always, take care and stay healthy.